Welcome to the All-American Chapel Protestant Service Podcast. This week's sermon will be given by Chaplain Eddie Cook. Merry Christmas, Chapel. It's so good to see you today. Can you sense the excitement in the air, the expectation? If you can't, just look into the eyes of the little kids sitting around, and to the big kids too. What is that excitement? It is joy, joy of our coming Messiah sometimes sifted through some of the traditions that we have. Joy of our Messiah. Think back at that first Christmas, the expectation of all mankind waiting for the Messiah to come. And this morning, we're going to remember that as we do in our Christmas traditions and a great tradition that we have today of music and word. We're going to look through the traditions that we have. And it's important that we consider whatever tradition that we we use in order to lift up Jesus at Christmas. And traditions can be good, but we need to be careful as well because society will take traditions and will completely remove Christ from Christmas. A tradition is like a pedestal for a flower. So that the pedestal that holds up the flower, and we can call it a poinsettia since it's Christmas, the pedestal should hold up this beautiful poinsettia so that when we see it, the function of the tradition is being met. The function to hold up what a beautiful flower this is. And the traditions that we have at Christmas and throughout all of our church year should hold up Jesus Christ so the tradition is not overshadowed, but the Messiah, Christ Jesus, is the focal point. And that's what we have. That's what we have today. As we look back at the and consider the first Christmas to what we have now as we look forward to the second coming of Jesus. We're going to look at redemption history as a timeline. We're going to start at creation and then man's sin and depravity through seven reflections that we have moving to the expectation and awaiting for the Messiah. The announcement of his birth, his glorious birth, and then coming and worshiping Him, rejoicing in the Lord, and then proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we will think through creation, God created in six days, and on the seventh He rested. And God created man and woman, and it was good. Creation was good. When God gave man one command in the garden, I must get my glasses. Thank you for your patience. God gave man one command. In Genesis chapter 2 and 16 and 17, the Lord commanded man saying, of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. But we know in corrupt humanity, man sinned. As we look in chapter 3, starting in verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in that day you eat of it. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, 
that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate it. She also gave of its fruit to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Creation fell. Now humanity needed a redeemer. They needed to be redeemed and needed a Messiah. But God could have scrapped creation there because God is holy and sin cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. But God loved us so much that he gave. He gave his son Jesus to die to free us from the tyranny of Satan, from the lies of Satan. So that a dark world that was exiled from God, might be saved. O come, O come, Emmanuel. So as we sing this morning, you are welcome to stay seated. You are welcome to sing along with us. And especially if it's a song you don't know, you're welcome to just sit and let the words soak in.
eternity. Paying for the Savior to come to free from sin and death. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, exiled in a fallen world to sin, believing the lies of Satan leads to death and separation from God. But God with us will save us. Because as soon as Adam sinned in the garden, the holder of the law, creation, fell. And God, in His love, chose to save us through blood sacrifice. The shedding of innocent blood through the Old Testament, the innocent blood of animals, looking for the lamb without spot or blemish, to pay the price for our sin, for man's sin. But no sacrifice was sufficient through these animals. Man continued to sin, and there was death, shed blood for forgiveness, until, until the final imperfect sacrifice through Jesus Christ, through God himself on earth to die for us. It should have been me on the cross. It should have been you on the cross to die for our sins. But even if that was the case, it still wouldn't have been sufficient. It would not have been without Jesus dying for us. We were in a dark world needing light. Matthew 4:16 The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned.
Wait is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus brought us hope and salvation. A long wait, relatively, thousands of years between creation, man waiting to be saved out of that depraved state. Simeon, Simeon waited into his old age, waiting on the consolation of Israel. In Luke chapter 2, Simeon says that mine eyes have now seen your salvation, a light, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to your people. Hark! Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men. Mr. Phelps, would you please read our text? Merry Christmas. Chapter 2, verse 8 through 14, 
the Gospel according to Luke. It is recorded, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to our newborn king. this is for the earth, humanity, along our timeline in redemption history, waiting and waiting for a Savior. He is here to be born amongst us and soon to be reconciled with God. So remember, let's keep our theology straight here because the critical point for humanity is not the birth of Jesus, but the death of Jesus the death on the cross. Soon and very soon, our newborn king is going to allow us to be forgiven in the presence of God. Scripture calls Jesus the second Adam. And it's important 
for us to understand theologically what's happening here. If we go back to the creation in the garden where God created man, God created Adam perfectly with the free will who sinned. And then creation fell. And there was only one thing that would allow this imbalance to be rectified for God's wrath against sin to be appeased. God chose blood sacrifice, but the animal sacrifices were not enough. There had to be another perfect man who did not sin. But in our humanity, we are going to sin. But when God came down with us and took on flesh to be incarnate in the flesh to die for us, that sacrifice was sufficient. Jesus, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give us second birth. God's wrath appeased. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Kathy. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. What a beautiful night that was. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the light of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he
Jesus was born in lowly estate, not to rich parents, not in splendor. God incarnate, God in the flesh. The Word became flesh. Word of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus willingly left heaven where he was eternally worshipped to come into a humilified state 
and dwell amongst us. In Philippians chapter 2, it explains what this was like. Jesus was in the form of God. And we know Jesus is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, one in three. Jesus was in the form of God and did not consider it robbery to be equal with God the Father, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. And it's Christmas. At Christmas, it's easy to get caught up in the sweet baby Jesus. And that's good. We do need to reflect back onto his birth and the joyous and wonderful time of expectation fulfilled that it is and looking forward to his second coming. Yes, this is a very joyful and wondrous time. But Christmas is so much more than just sweet baby Jesus. We must remember why God the Father sent God the Son to earth so that we could be forgiven through his sacrifice to redeem us from the tyranny of Satan and his lies. As we look back through this spectrum of God's redemption, this redemption history of us. So that we can be in relationship, peaceful relationship with God. Then once we are in the presence of our holy God, we worship him. We worship him in spirit and in truth. And Colonel Bagwell, if you would please come and read us our text. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chiefs and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. In you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. O come, O come, all ye faithful, and worship Christ our King. And O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem.
you imagine what it will be like to be in the presence of Jesus Christ? One day, as we're saved, we will be. One day. And if there's anybody here this morning that isn't certain of your salvation in Jesus Christ, today is the day to do it. Right now, this morning, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To be in the presence of Christ. Would I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? I can only imagine. So this scripture highlights us to come and worship And it also helps give us a check on some of our theological traditions as well. You notice there are no magi up here. The wise men are not here. They're they're just now seeing the star on the night of Jesus' birth and beginning to piece the the scripture together that the, the king, the Messiah, is here from the text of the Old Testament that they have to begin the journey. I believe... We, we heard about that a couple weeks ago about the beginning of the journey along this trail that they would take in caravan. So we can see this through Scripture too, how looking through Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, we see that the, the baby Jesus was born in a manger. But when the, the Magi arrived in Jerusalem and in Bethlehem, it was the boy, the child Jesus in a house. And we see, how do we set the timing of about two years? Well, when the Magi came, the star was placed over Jerusalem where King Herod was. And Herod called this caravan and these wise men, these Magi to him to say, why are you here? Well, we're here to worship the king of the world. Okay, well, why are you here? Who is he? Where is he? Well, the scriptures say he was born in Bethlehem which was just adjacent to Jerusalem. And he said, well, when did you see this star appear? And it was about two years ago. So that's why we say Jesus was about two years old when the Magi arrived. And that's why our wise men aren't out here yet. So just keeping our theological traditions in check because it's easy to run away with, with traditions in society. And when the, when the wise men came, that's what we call epiphany the church season after Christmas. We're in Advent now, the coming of Christ, and our foreshadowing of the second coming of Christ, and the waiting that we're doing, but not waiting passively. We wait actively. Then we have Christmas, the coming of Jesus, and then the first time in Scripture that God shows us where the Word of God, the good news is given to somebody who was not a Jew, that was a Gentile, was when the, when the wise men came. The first time that's listed in Scripture, which is the epiphany. I had an epiphany, a revelation, the good news of salvation to the soul. Okay, that's a snippet. Epiphany's in a couple weeks. So we are called to come and worship. God calls us to come and worship. When Jesus gave his command his great commission, which we're going to get to shortly, I I shan't get ahead of myself, he calls us to to do something, to to go forth, to share this wonderful word, not just pine away, waiting for his coming. He called us in this this hymn that we just sung, sung here, to come, all ye faithful, to come, to adore him, to sing, to greet to greet others in the glory of the Lord and to glorify Jesus. 
and to let us do so and to do so rejoicing, rejoicing. As Miss Sharon is going to share with us our rejoicing scriptures. Psalm 40, 16. Lord, let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Psalm 98, 4 through 6. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the King, our Lord. Let's shout joyfully to the Lord. Joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord. Thank you. 
Praise God for his overflowing, overwhelming joy that only Jesus can bring. Christ's joy and love is unmatched. The world offers a false hope, a false pleasure that will leave us wanting. It will leave us disappointed and corrupt. And it's important for us to understand the distinction between joy and happiness. Joy and happiness are different. Happiness deals with happenstance. It's a de derivative of happenstance, which is chance and which is probability. Joy is not based off of any probability. Joy is based off of a certainty, and the certainty of the absolute of God and all that God has to offer, and the joy of the love and the holiness of God. The joy that the Lord is perfect. And no one can take that joy from us. Our overwhelming joy in the Lord will energize us to fulfill the Great Commission, to spread the word of the Lord. So as we see Jesus, after he was crucified, died for us to forgive our sins, and raised from the dead, of which we have our blessed hope of resurrection, before he was to ascend into heaven, the Mount of Olives, his disciples, and there was a crowd of around 120, we believe, were gathered around him in awe of everything and saying, Jesus, what's happening? He's getting ready to raise into heaven. He said, well, when are you coming back? And Jesus said, these times are not for you to know. Only my Father in heaven has that. But you are to go and to wait in the upper room in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And this is going to empower you to serve, empower you to reach the world from Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to all the world. We start where we are and we reach, reach out and we go. And Jesus told them, this is what I want you to do, to, to wait actively for me, not passively, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to teach everything that I have commanded you. And I promise I will be with you always, even to the ends of this age, the ends of the church age, as you do this. Never alone. God with us, Emmanuel, to go and to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. To shout it from the mountaintop. Go, tell it on the mountain. Won't y'all stand with us to sing this last song?
Jesus, you may be seated. So go tell it. Go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born, and he died for our sins, and he rose from the dead. He is our Savior, and all of our hope, all of our blessed hope is in him, and we can believe in him. The shepherds saw and believed, they spread the word. The good news of the gospel. In Luke 2, 17, and when the shepherds had seen Jesus, they made known abroad, widely, all that they had heard and seen of the Messiah. Jesus has commanded us, our great commission, to go forth and to do the same, to tell it from the mountaintops of our Savior. We can do this too, to shout from the mountaintops that Jesus Christ has come and died for us that we may be saved. We've seen redemption history in its entirety from creation to the church age, from creation and the sin in the garden, depravity of man, and God's way of making the opportunity for forgiveness through the shedding of blood that we can be in the presence of a holy God that we can wait, anticipate expectation and excitement of the Messiah's birth at his first coming and as we look forward now to his second. We've heard scripture and sung songs of the announcements of, the, of Jesus, of his birth, of coming in worship and rejoicing, rejoicing widely and loudly and proclaiming the good news of our Lord. The Christmas message 
so much more than sweet baby Jesus. And praise God that we can rejoice thinking through that first Christmas. All that came to humanity so that God in the flesh would die for us, the final and perfect sacrifice that we may be forgiven with relationship, the opportunity to be in relationship with God, loving us so much that God gave His only Son. And it didn't end at His sacrifice because out of God's love, God rose His Son from the dead that we have our blessed hope of eternal life of being raised as well. And again, I beg you that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that this very moment you will receive him. Do so, and then please come see me afterwards or any of our other chaplains, and we will begin this beautiful redemption history for you and for each of us. What a beautiful Christmas it is to worship together and to love the Lord. We have an opportunity on Christmas Eve to go to Main Post Chapel at 1900, 7 o'clock p.m. for our candlelight Christmas service. We're partnering together. We have several of our chaplains here in our congregation who will participate and partner with Main Post chaplains and have a wonderful and beautiful Christmas Eve candlelight service. So please do join us there. And then let us take this message forth of the salvation, God with us, to the world. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. God, thank you for loving us, for loving us in a way that our human definition of love cannot comprehend. Thank you, God, for loving us to sending us your son, Jesus Christ, to earth as a man as a second Adam to die for us, perfect, sinless, the final and perfect sacrifice. Yes, Jesus, thank you for loving us, for saving us, and allowing us to worship you. Help us to remember this story this Christmas season and always, and to shout it from the mountaintop that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Send us forth in peace. Amen. Merry Christmas, church. We love you, and let us go forth worshiping the Lord. Amen. That was this week's All-American Chapel Protestant Service podcast. Please tune in for next week's podcast.